good day and welcome to The Buzz, a Bank Automation News Podcast. I'm Deputy Editor Lorraine Lawson. In today's episode, I talk lending automation with Vince Passione, who is the CEO of the lending platform and online marketplace LendKey. Mr. Passione shares how his platform automates for banks and credit unions and explains how his company is using artificial intelligence in its call center. We started the conversation with a bit of background on how LendKey differentiates itself. Yeah, so, so look, we, we started the business back in 2009, Lorraine, and we started it really with a focus on enabling our clients to, um, to digitally originate and buy and sell loans. And in order to do that, we realized we had to deliver a lending as a service platform. And we define lending as a service as five things, three technology, the ability to render an instant decision, the ability to digitally originate the loan, and then the ability to digitally service the loan. So we have the technology to render the instant decision. We have a platform that allows the consumer to digitally complete the process of origination. And then we can digitally service that loan and we wrap a call center around it so that we can take both the origination call and the servicing call and we service the life alone. So it's a true turnkey. And then on the front, um, what we do is uh, we, we typically will do marketing for our clients. Uh, and I'll talk about why we do that when we start differentiating between these lending network programs. And then on the back, we've allowed our clients the ability to, balance, to manage their balance sheets in, in a couple of unique ways. The first is pretty traditional. Uh, for someone like Navy or Customers Bank, they book a loan on, directly on their balance sheet and they basically hold it for life alone. Uh, then we have others who they want, they want the customer, but they don't want the asset. So we allow them to book the loan, but then sell off the asset and then we'll service it for them. And then we have yet others that want to originate the loan because they see it as, a, uh, as an asset they want on their balance sheet but they not, might not want the whole loan. Now, why would that be? Well, in some cases, they might feel uncomfortable with an unsecured loan that, that, that might be too large, or they're a bank or a credit union in a very specific, specific geographic area who are looking for some geographic diversity. So what they'll do is they'll, they'll agree to buy fractional pieces of loans and they'll buy them in vintages over time. And as a result, they'll build a highly geographically diversified portfolio of loans, which is, which is good for them from a risk perspective. So we have marketing, decisioning, origination, servicing, and then balance sheet management. So I think that makes us fairly unique in what we do. Um, and then we're offering the ability to directly originate an in-school education loan, an education refinance loan, and then an unsecured home improvement loan. But I'll stop there. I want to talk about some recent developments in a minute, but certainly would love to gauge any other questions you've got. Okay. Um, so I saw that you had helped half a billion dollars in loan originations this year alone. Um, how do you help automate lending? You've, you've talked about digitalizing it. Are there ways in which you also automate for lenders? Or- yeah. Yeah. So, so if you think about the process of automation, I, I think we take it from two vantage points. One is the consumer, and the other is, well, I should say three, the consumer, what we do internally affects the consumer, and then our lending partners. And uh, we always start with the customer experience. And from a customer experience perspective, I think for all of us as consumers, right, 
we, we want an experience where we're not asked questions that we believe you should already have the answer to. Uh, we want to be familiar. We, we want that familiar experience. So typical for us is automating that process where everything from the consumer turning around and submitting a credit application and getting an instant decision in, in 10 seconds to the consumer then going through the origination process and whether it's verif verifying their identity, verifying their income, allowing them to electronically sign the document, the process is fully digitized and fully automated. So if they want to, this entire process they can do on their own without picking up the phone, without having to speak to a customer service rep. Then we have what we do internally uh, because we are responsible, we link here responsible for all of the money movement Right. Uh, in the case of student loans, we're certifying those loans to make sure the student is borrowing the right amount of money based on what the school says they, their expected family contribution is. If it's an education refinance loan, it's very important that we pay off the other lenders in a timely way and we understand what the payoff is. So the loan, that other loan is truly paid off and there isn't any, fra any fraction of the loan left outstanding, which could be have repercussions to the borrower. And then there's us moving money from the lender and dispersing it. And in the case of a home improvement loan, where we have multiple disbursements, uh, it's a construction project. In the case of some of our home improvements, very important that we can automate that process. So there's a lot of automation that goes on in our back office in monitoring funds movement and ensuring that loans are originated properly. And it affects our lenders because for our lenders, the work they have to do is fairly limited. Um, we're we're ACHing funds out of their account, we're then turning around dispersing it. We're then we're, we're collecting payments and remitting it back to them. And then we provide all of the reporting for them and push that information into their core systems. So we really do, when I say turnkey and digital and automated, we really are providing a service where a client can go live and a week after they're live, they'll see loans start to show up on their balance sheets. You said that you, you tie into the core. Um, is that API or... Can you tell us a little about your technology underpinnings in that regard? Sure, sure. So, so to the extent that the cores that our clients are using provide an API, we can push the information into the core via that API. Uh, in some cases, what we'll do is these will be a custom file that someone, someone basically comes back to us and we're pretty vastly creating those so we, they can be uploaded into the core systems. Um, but for us, because speed to market was really important to both uh, Lenkey and our client base, we made certain that we didn't need to have this dependency on the core, uh, and and we were able to turn around and push information to the core without having to turn around and build out very extensive capabilities to do that, which would slow down installations for our clients. Is that a batch process, or it's not an API? It, it, as I said, each core is different. Each customer installation is different. So some of them will turn around and take a feed. Others will turn around and go via API. Others will run a batch process and pick up a file and then spread it across their systems. I also wonder, do you use AI at all in your platform? Yeah. So, yeah, I was hoping you'd go there because I think that's probably one of the most interesting parts of what, what I, as, as someone who's been in the industry for over 30 years, uh, when I look at the use of AI, there are just so many different applications for for us, um, and some probably that are some are very obvious, and some probably not so obvious. So the first, the obvious ones are things like chatbots, right? To to utilize those in tune chatbots, but 
you know, for example, we provide render customer service for our clients. So as a result, we run a call center. And when you run call centers and you're the steward for over 325 clients and their, and their customers and members, you know, as you can imagine, there's a significant amount of scrutiny that goes on in quality control and quality assurance of people on the phones, whether it's from a regulatory perspective to make sure they have proper training, uh, to ensure there aren't any customer issues. So we're starting to use some newer technologies where we're converting voice to text, uh, these telephone calls. And then once we convert them to text, uh, we work with a partner who then deploys an AI module. And what they will do is they will actually read through these calls. And based on cadence, based on word usage, they create dashboards for you. Dashboards that will be, oh, there's a compliance issue because they use the wrong term. Uh, there's potentially a training issue because there's too much silence on this call. Uh, so there's a marketing opportunity because we're seeing a common theme as clients are asking for certain things amongst all the call center reps. So it's a great way to take um, a, a process that, that, that requires people, but to really uh, condition it and ensure that it's being done correctly from a quality control using AI. The third is, is what I call white glove treatment. So yes, you know, the process is digital. Yes, a consumer who does not want to deal with a person on the phone doesn't have to. However, there are some, some customers who do. And you can imagine, and we'll make, up, we'll make up numbers, but for every 100 applications, there's probably 30 people who really want to go through with the loan. But in our marketing department, we'll reach out to all of them on behalf of our clients. Well, that means maybe 70% you know, of the people that you're reaching out to really don't want to be bothered. They might have been shopping, and they have no intention of completing the process. But we're still reaching out to them. So we're using AI now to determine, based on all the applications that come through, which of these clients is most likely to want to complete the loan? And then what we'll do is we will actively reach out to them in a white glove offer to help them finish the, finish the process. So the probability of the people applying, which ones really want to close, are very important to us from an efficiency perspective and also to create the customer experience. And the last is, is, is we're just starting, is looking at AI on the decisioning side. Um, given the clients we deal with, they're very sensitive to the use of AI and black boxes. Uh, but we have partners that we're working with to start taking the data we have. And we have quite a bit of it. We have over a decade's worth of data on borrowers, how they, how they pay, uh, credit applications, how they were approved, and now have the ability to, to condition some of that. And half the battle in AI is having the data to train the algorithms, right, to find signals. So we're just in the early stages of that. But very, very fascinating technology that I believe there are so many applications of it across the lending process. I wanted to ask you about some of those applications for AI. What do you see in the future as sort of the way AI may transform lending in general? Yeah, so I do think that, uh, first I'll, I'll put my consumer hat on. You know, I want to wake up in the morning and say, Siri, I need an auto loan. And she, you know, she, he, or it will pick the best one for me. The idea that the application moves swiftly the idea that the application is green versus blue, there's a red button versus a green button, they're this big versus that big, I have no interest in. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to go buy a car and I need a loan right now. The rest of this experience means nothing to me except, hey, I just want a great rate and here's what I'm looking to pay. So I do believe that we're getting very, very close to that today. 
And I do think it will change the way we interact with our money. Uh, because look, I've always, in all the years I've been in financial services, to me, people don't wake up in the morning and go, I need a mortgage, I need an auto loan. They wake up in the morning and say, I need to go buy a new home, or I need to buy a new car. The financial part of it is, yes, a byproduct of having to do it. So the ability for us to make sure that that, that product, the right product is there for the customer when they're ready to do it, really, really important. And I think virtual assistants will become right that interface for us, which is going to create a very interesting marketing issue for us. Because today, we all monitor what people are doing, right? We monitor what they're doing on the web. All the algorithms are based on what things we look at. We get remarketed all the time every time we look at something on the web. What happens when I'm actually sitting behind a virtual assistant and I've never touched a browser? That the decision of what loan I pick is being made by a piece of AI that's acting on my behalf. So the games will change very, very quickly when you think about what happens with AI. But you know, I'm not a futurist, but certainly when you look at, I am a technologist, and when I look at the applications, there are, a lot, there are many of them that will change the experience in a way that this idea that we touch a keyboard, we touch a mouse, we use a browser, it's pretty much gone. It will probably be voice enabled. And we won't have that presence that you will market to the way it market to, it, to you today. Do you see any, um, in the same way, do you see opportunities to automate or any other technology coming into play in lending in general? Well, look, this is what, as I, I said earlier, I wanted to talk to you about a recent development. So, you know, as we've watched this pandemic sort of take hold and the, de the devastating effects it had, right, on, on just the world in general and, and the financial in the financial industry, one of the things that happened as a result uh, of the pandemic and the, and the, the, the following recession were, was this inflow of deposits, right? Partially through flight to quality, partially due to stimulus. And at this point, when we look just taking credit units, for example, I think deposits and credit units are up over 14% year over year. We're looking at probably over $850 billion of excess assets sitting on the balance sheets of credit unions and the same community banks, they need to be deployed. So we today uh, at LendKey, we directly originate these three asset classes, education, education, refinance, and home improvement. But what we learned in 2009 was that our clients in the, great, in the shadow of the Great Recession all had the same problem. They had, they had a liquidity issue. They had their deposits or their loan to deposit ratios were reaching levels of 70%, which is an unhealthy financial institution. And they had this voracious appetite for loans. So when the pandemic hit, the recession hit, we went back and looked at what happened in 2009 and said, it probably makes sense for us to open up our platform so that not only can our clients buy and sell loans from each other that were originated on our platform directly, but also those that were indirectly originated. So we are now working with non-bank lenders, fintechs, if you would, that are originating everything from personal and secured loans to solo loans, enabling those to come through our platform in a product we call Alero, which enables a non-bank lender to partner with a bank or credit union, originate directly on their books, and then on a monthly basis, sell those loans in a private deal network, in a forward flow to other banks and credit unions. So it's a wonderful way for non-bank originators to, to reach the balance sheets 
of banks and credit unions. Uh, so we have deployed this technology. We've been using it for the past 10, 12 years internally for the loans that we directly originate. And now as a result of, of the, the relaunch of this product called the Lero this past February, now we're opening it up to almost any asset class, which we think is, is new and different and can really change the way our clients and future clients manage their balance sheets. Uh, as I said, I've been in the industry for over 30 years. This is probably the most exciting time uh, I've had in the industry because of the velocity of change. Um, you know, I was at a conference recently and uh, there was an interesting presentation given by two very, very, uh, very uh, respected venture capitalists. And they talked about, you know, the concept that, you know, digital, there are no longer any digital deniers. You know, I, I've lived through several phases, right? The dot the com phase, you know, the great recession, and now this most recent recession. And in each case, right, these black swan events have had an impact on the disruption in financial services. And, and I think what's happened this time is it, because of the pandemic, because of the lockdowns, consumers of all ages have had to adopt um, digital technologies to interact with the world. It's not just the, 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 the baby, it's not just the Gen X's and the Gen Z's, it's the baby boomers, right? You know, my dad is 90 years old and he uses FaceTime now, right? So there are no longer any digital deniers and it's not gonna roll back. And I think as a result of that, whether I've seen, you know, companies like Bank of America, as well as some of the newest, hottest startups are all moving at a pace of change that I've never seen before to provide the kind of digital experiences that consumers are now going to expect on an ongoing basis. So um, that's why I was looking forward to the conversation because it, it really is all about right automation and creating really unique customer experiences now. Thank you so much for joining us for the weekly wrap on The Buzz. Don't forget to attend our Bank Automation Summit March 1st through 2nd in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can learn more about that at bankautomationsummit.com. For more podcast content, check out bankautomationnews.com and search The Buzz from Bank Automation News on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you. Thank you.